Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the She Invest podcast. I am your host, Allie Fugit, and, and I'm Carrie Douglas. And today we have a very special episode. A very dear friend of ours, Stacy St. John. Uh, she is a wonderful woman in the STR space. Uh, she runs her own community that we're going to get into today, and we're going to talk some wealth building strategy and, and what she's on in her process of her journey and a new deal that she has going on. So we're really excited to talk to her. So without further ado, uh, today, here is Miss Stacy St. John. Hello. Um, Hello. And thank welcome. you for having me. Absolutely. We're excited. Uh, yeah. So today, Stacy, we would love to start out with, uh, if you could tell us, like, how did you uh, get started on this real estate journey and uh, where you're where you came from versus like kind of where you're at right now. Sure. I actually got started investing in real estate by accident. <laughs> um, we purchased a property for my son to live in in Florida uh, to go to college. And long story short, plans changed after we closed on that property. And my husband and I found ourselves with an empty condo with no kiddo to move into it. And we very quickly got a property manager and put that property up for rent as a long-term rental. We, after a few months, started realizing like, hey, we're making money at this real estate thing. Why aren't we doing this more? And so we started um, investing in other long-term rentals. I got my real estate license in Ohio to help support our investing and we were doing flips and all kinds of fun stuff. And when COVID hit, there were all these eviction moratoriums popping up. And we were actually finishing a flip, had planned on buying another long-term rental. And we decided to pivot and go into buying our first short-term rental. And our philosophy was, hey, Somebody has to pay us in order to get in the front door. And so we looked at that as a way to mitigate our risks with all those eviction moratoriums popping up. Uh, fast forward to today, I have discovered after entering the world of short-term rentals, I freaking love it. <laughs> it is so fun. I love it so much. And so we have shifted our entire real estate investing strategy into short-term rentals. I currently own 10 short-term rentals uh, with my hubby. And then I have a boutique property management firm. And we um, host another 20 or so beach properties. And we now have properties in Hocking Hills, Ohio as well. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. What a journey. Um, yeah, so we, we'd love to uh, move the conversation to like what you're in today. And so just for a little bit of background too, of how Carrie and I know Stacy is where you're all in a mastermind together. And so we get to hear a lot about uh, the ins and outs of Stacy's deal, but we just thought like she just had the perfect thing to bring to our podcast to um, talk to uh, you guys about all of the stuff that you're investing in and like some of the things that she's going through that could help you on your journey. So, uh, Stacey, you want to tell us about what you're into? Right sure. Now? Yeah. How much, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right. I'll keep it short. So 
I mentioned Hawking Hills, Ohio. Um, actually, when I was speaking at the STR Wealth Conference in 2022, Kenny Bedwell, the founder of STR Insights, came to me and said, hey, Stacey, did you know that you have like a rock star market for short-term rentals in your backyard? I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I said, no, Kenny, tell me more. And he said, hey, you should really check out the Hawking Hills area, Logan, Ohio. Um, and so I started doing some significant research because we were looking to go into a secondary market to offset the seasonality at the beach. As you might Im imagine, I know we're all beach lovers here. Yeah. Um, you know, summertime is peak season at the beach and we have shoulder seasons in spring and fall. And then the winter time, we, we typically shift to a midterm strategy. So we're welcoming snowbirds, but most often at a very reduced daily rate. Okay, during those winter months. So what we were looking to do, because we do have a property management company, we do have staffing costs that are year round, regardless of how uh, busy we are at the beach, my husband and I decided to shift into a secondary market to help balance out some of that seasonality. We purchased our first short-term rental in Hawking Hills after a ton of research, of course, and discovering that, wow, we do have a gem in our backyard. Um, so we purchased a farmhouse on 10 acres in Hawking Hills area, and uh, we were looking for a second property in Hawking Hills. And I actually called on a property that was not listed on the MLS that I happened to find online. And during the conversation with the seller of that single family home, she happened to mention that she had acreage for sale or she was getting ready to post for sale. And I said, tell me more. I want to hear about this acreage. And so we have been on a several month journey um, getting ready to close on 100 acres in the Hawking Hills area where we are building out a cabin resort. So fun. Yeah. So fun. So fun. Such a learning experience already. And I haven't even gotten started, quite honestly. <laughs> right. But but that but there's something to be said about that beginning journey, right? Because it's a journey of itself before you even get to the yes. full journey. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Absolutely. When you, so when you start in like development, right? You don't know what you don't know. And so I know that's been huge for me and, and it sounds like for you as well. Yeah. You know, I, there's so much to talk about here because number one, I have one of the most amazing women as a seller of this land. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it gives me goosebumps because she has been absolutely phenomenal as a resource to me. Um, and so I realize that may not be normal, um, but I just want to call that out. Like Judy has been phenomenal um, and has really helped me learn the ropes. I have been very upfront with her that I've never done land development before. Okay. And so ask, I might be asking questions that may seem naive. Um, I will tell you the first lesson is to make sure you give yourself enough time to do your due diligence on the land. 
Um, that has been uh, a very big uh, source of heartburn for me personally, because I know now that I didn't give myself enough time um, in that land development due diligence process. So I'm having to fast track that due diligence, which is very costly from a monetary mm -hmm. perspective. But candidly, from a stress perspective, you know, I'm all about living a life that you love. I freaking love short term rentals. I love what I'm doing. And I don't love being stressed out about time. And I have found myself in a in, you know, in some very early mornings, um, many, many days. <laughs> Yeah. And, and let me just uh, add a little bit of value to like people out there that may be going through this, like with you, there's, um, there are certain key things that you want to put in your contract, um, around your due diligence, due diligence period, um, that will help you not to have those stress triggers because like certain things about like not starting due diligence until all the documents are in, not starting due diligence until certain reports have come back. So, um, so yeah, that's a great point, Stacey, that a lot of people don't know that you can add those certain things in to give you the proper amount of time mm -hmm. so that when you're actually in due diligence, you're not running out of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And again, just going back to Carrie's point, you don't know what you don't, you don't know. know. Yeah. Right. So yeah. absolutely. Um, I think the other thing that I'll just point out really quickly is, Ali, I mentioned this to you, you know, I'm a pretty ambitious person, okay? I I set goals, I live by my goals, I will find ways to achieve my goals. And with this 100 acres, again, I, I've told my consulting team around me, you know, I'm always about stretching outside of your comfort zone because that's where learning happens. During several moments, I felt like I am like in another continent, okay, outside of my comfort zone. Like I am way out. And so I think something I think is important to share is I do have a team of consultants around me who are helping me in this journey because I'm trying to shield myself from making costly mistakes, again, that are um, not only financially costly, but again, going back to stress and health and wellness, um, I, I think it's really, really important to have the right team of people around you as you are starting something new. And so for all my peeps around me, I'm extremely grateful for sure. Yeah, I, I think there's a huge value in that, Stacy. Mm -hmm. um, it's especially um, like when we first started. There's a little bit of that. Like, there's a ton of anxiousness around having conversations around what you're doing and stepping out into that space and not feeling confident enough, you know, to have those conversations. But the team around you is really what boosts that confidence. So that's a huge uh, great I'm point. I'm going to say this, and my team is not only um, great business advisors and a brain trust, but also I find that for me, it's important when I'm looking for team members that they have a good heart, right? And one of my team members texted me this morning and said, good morning. Today is National Day of Prayer. I hope you have a great day. 
you know? And so for me, my team is so much deeper than, hey, can you help me analyze these numbers? Or, you know, hey, can you help me think through this structure for the wedding venue? You know, it is, we are locking arms and, and, you know, I think it's at a deeper level for me. And I just really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're in this business uh, to gain a lot of freedom, whether that's mm-hmm. financial freedom, whether that's freedom from a stressful job that, um, you know, you would come from or whatever it is. And so I think that that plays a huge role in adding that value to that freedom mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of this, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So when I talk about a whale, right, um, my short-term rentals that I have purchased, my first purchase of a short-term rental was at a beachfront property, and I paid less than $100,000 for this property, okay? Um, And I have multiple different sizes of properties, but, you know, we've scaled up at the beach and now have more uh, premium properties at a higher price point in our portfolio. Um, when we went to Hawking Hills, we purchased, again, 10 acres um, compared to purchasing condos at the beach. Um, having 10 acres um, was certainly something that was a new adventure for us. And oh, the mowing costs. Okay, oh, make yeah. sure you budget enough for mowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't and imagine then, what it is on 10 acres. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I will tell you. Um, and then moving into purchasing a hundred acres again and doing land development, like we're not just building, like we have to put infrastructure on this land, do septic and wells and pull in sanitary lines and new water lines. And, you know, we're talking, okay, by the time construction is done of 34 cabins, 10 glamping pods and a wedding venue, we have a $20 million project on our hands, right? And so making sure again, I go back to surrounding myself with the right team of people to help me execute um, is critically important for me. And, And, you know, candidly, the only way that I feel comfortable stretching as far as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of t- let's kind of like dive into that. It's like when you are now like your wealth building strategy is obviously um, you're, you're a short term rental. And now you're stepping into a completely different asset, right? So why did you decide to go down this route first mm-hmm. of all? And then now that you are uh, down this particular avenue for your wealth building strategy. What do you look at in terms of a deal, like evaluating it to know whether or not it's going to be beneficial to your wealth building strategy? Yeah, so we decided to uh, move into land development. And again, the whole approach to this project are we're building a community of short term rentals, right? So it still is in alignment with our real estate investing goals. Um, but we were looking for a way to retire my husband. Okay. Um, and to accelerate that process. Um, you know, I thankfully was able to retire myself out of my corporate job. And we were looking again to accelerate my husband's retirement. I feel like I just kind of stumbled on this land. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking for, 
um, 100 acres per se. Mm -hmm. But again, I believe that God opens doors. And when we see new opportunities from a business perspective, if we feel like it is the right thing for our goals. You just have to go after it. You can't let fear get in the way. And so number one, we did it to begin with to help accelerate my husband's retirement. Number two, we have a very large commercial project on our hands, which is very different than purchasing a single family home or a condo at the beach, right? So as we're analyzing a commercial deal, of course, we're looking at our cash on cash return. Um, we're looking at not only the cash flow that we're going to bring in during the deal, but at the exit, right? Um, what's the exit strategy? And does it have um, enough upside for us from a financial perspective? And I will tell you a huge lesson for me is now. I am analyzing return on effort, right? Oh, yeah. What is the the mental um, weight of this project, number one? And does it have enough financial upside to balance out the effort involved? And again, that's something I know now that I would not have known before because <laughs> I've experienced the effort. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm just getting started, right? Yeah. That that's a great point. And I love I love how you've articulated that into a metric that we can talk about. Now everyone's going to have their own threshold for what mm -hmm. that metric would look like mm -hmm. for them personally, but it's so important. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, um it is something until you're in it, you don't even think about it, right? So I I just want to encourage all of your listeners, if you are going into a larger deal than you've ever done before, ask questions, go to Allie, go to Carrie, ask their experiences so that they can help share nuggets of their learnings along with you. If you're in the thick of things, it can be very difficult to anticipate not only the challenges you're going to have with your, whether it's a development project or rehab project, it's going to be difficult to anticipate on your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I remember point. hiring a life coach as I was going through my journey because just like I had never bought a property for myself or, or even with my clients, like our home values in Wisconsin aren't what they are in California. Right. So like to talk in terms of millions, like I didn't even know how to say those words. Right. I was like, do you say 1.2? Do you say one, 1 million 200,000? Like, I didn't even know how to articulate the words and it felt weird coming out of my mouth. And so having like a life coach just help me through the mental burden of like, holy crap, um, was so important for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Stacey, we love to talk numbers. So if you're comfortable sharing, I would love to hear like for this particular project, um, what are, were you able to secure like, did, or, and also did you secure it on seller finance? Did you go through traditional lending? What is the process that you're currently doing on that? And then what do you think your ARV is? 
Oh gosh. Um, so we are securing the land for about two and a half million. Um, we have pulled in financial partners uh, to secure the land. Um, we will be doing another fundraise after all of the drawings are approved by all the many uh, local agencies um, that we get to partner with um, to get um, all the the thumbs up, uh, shall we say, to move forward with um, starting the infrastructure project. Our construction project will end up being about 17 million um, because we are, again, doing significant improvement to the land um, from an infrastructure standpoint. And then we're building 34 cabins um, in phases over about a two and a half year time period. Um, and we're also uh, executing glamping pods, which I'm so excited about. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited I'm, about that. I'm excited for you because that's one yes. of my dreams because I just love it. I love it. Uh, you know, I um, give me the beach and I'm excited, but a close second, and I don't even, here's the scoop. I don't even like camping, okay? I went camping one time with my kids and my husband and they were like, oh, let's do this again. And I'm like, I am gonna be busy that weekend. You guys go ahead. Like, yeah. okay, don't send me camping. But if I can be in a beautiful setting and enjoy the wilderness with a Keurig and a comfy bed and air conditioning and a kitchen, OMG, take me there. <laughs> and see the stars while yes. sitting in your bed, but not have the bugs on you. That's oh, 100% girl. the way I would <laughs> I do not like bugs, okay? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah ab absolutely. So when it comes to uh, this development, what are you seeing? Like, what do you evaluate your ARV being? Right. So we are looking at a, an eight, seven to eight year exit. And, you know, we're anticipating we will exit at a 10% cap, we'll be at about 22 million. Um, and, you know, again, the other thing that I think is important as a learning process is learning how to do a deal split analysis. Like if you are bringing in partners, making sure you know, that when you do exit, um, that you have an, enough of the the pie, shall we say, that again, it goes back to return on effort. Yeah. Does, mm -hmm. does it make sense for us to um, obviously shed blood, sweat, and tears into this project? And you have to make sure the financial upside all along and at the exit is going to be a good return on your efforts. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that's a great point, Stacey, because I had somebody reach out to me and we were talking about her deal. And she was like, well, I thought that I would just go in and say, like, I'll just keep 20 percent and like split. And I'm like, girl, you are doing all you're going to be handling all the renovations. You're going to be doing, you know, all the vendors. You're going to be running it like, do you feel like that's adequate for your time? So that's a great point because people don't know. I think the more important question, Stacey, is for people to first evaluate what they think their time's worth mm -hmm. and before they move into that, right? Like totally uh, of uh, because that that was a big one for us when we were going into this. Like I think our very first deal were because we do syndicate cabins as well. 
And I think our very first deal, we left some money for ourselves on the table just because we were so new at it that we were going through that process that you're mm -hmm. talking through. And we didn't know how to evaluate our skill set completely mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. And we've learned. Um, and so I do think there's importance in failing a little bit on that end to, to learn, but don't fail and listen to us, like use our failures <laughs> to create your successes, right? Um, I'm so. all about failing forward, right? Yeah. And so I, I, I'm the first one to admit, I do not know everything. Um, I love being a conduit of information. So I'm always happy to share what I've learned along the way. Um, but I'm also a sponge, right? So if I have failed or made a mistake or, you know, scratched my head and said, boy, knowing what I know now, I would have done that differently. I feel like, you know, one of my favorite things is number one, having the opportunity to pay it forward and share it with other people to help them avoid those same Absolutely. mistakes and challenges and headaches and Girl, I think I got some extra wrinkles and gray hairs already with this deal. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, same well, uh, here. Yes, yeah. Well, I and I, I said that was a great segue, uh, Stacey, to my next question for you uh, because it is important finding people that you can uh, have conversations with and help to teach. And, and and so talk to us about the community that you've built for yourself and for other women uh, in the STR space and and yeah, the value that you have for them. Yeah, sure. So um, I have a couple of different communities. The first one is called Female Short-Term Rental Investors. And that is a Facebook group for women at every stage of their journey in the short-term rental space. Um, we have over 37,000 women who eat, sleep, breathe, and talk short-term rentals each and every day. I know you guys have a cool Facebook group, but I do contend it's like the coolest one in the land. It's pretty amazing. Okay. The women are yeah. freaking amazing. Um, so I've got that group. And then I have um, a community called the Short-Term Rental Society. And, you know, we have weekly meetups to talk about different niche topics in the short-term rental space and really encourage peer-to-peer -peer learning. Um, so we have facilitators of each of those um, meetups. But again, I think some of the value is learning from other people's experiences. And then I have a mentoring and mastermind program called the STR Success Accelerator. And I have the opportunity, again, to share my knowledge um, and my journey with the members inside of my program and help each of them as they are launching, managing, and growing their own short-term rental empire. It's amazing. Amazing. What what would you say? Like, do you have a, a mission that you're on by leading these communities? You know, I will say this has been really honestly a byproduct of I when I launched my Facebook group, I never like I did not have a plan for that. Okay. It came totally um organically. I am a real estate agent in Ohio. And I was connected with a real estate agent in Galveston, Texas, and who sold in the Galveston area. I think he lives in the Woodlands, Texas. And he reached out to me and said, hey, I am, you know, I'm having 
my clients who are buying in Galveston ask me questions about buying at the beach and buying short-term rentals at the beach. Can you help me put together some information for them? And I was like, sure. Yeah, no problem. So by this time I had had my beach properties like six, seven months, something like that. And by, you know, it was hard for me to remember what it was like as a total newbie. So I had popped into another Facebook group for women in real estate and just said, Hey, if you were wanting to buy at the beach, like, what would you want to know? And the floodgates opened and there was a comment to my post that said, you should start a Facebook group about this. And I was like, yeah, I should. Um, and that's how my Facebook group got started. But once I started it, I was like, you know what? My mission is to help other women feel encouraged and empowered because there are so many Facebook groups, very candidly, that are full of nasty, negative people that are tearing each other down. And I wanted no part of that. For me, I wanted to create a safe space. And that's what gets me excited is building a safe space for people to ask questions, but encouraging people to encourage others. Like, I just feel like there are so many people that say, oh, the world, you know, the world's going downhill or there's all these bad things happening. And I believe, okay, but what are we doing about it? We can encourage someone else each and every day. We can uplift someone else. We can help them feel supported. So let's do it. Let's help each other. And, you know, we're going to lock arms and raise everyone up at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Uh, that's such a such empowering because I mean that's part of what we're trying to do too uh, in our Facebook group and and ours is a little bit more you know niche in the in the space because we are talking like the non sexy stuff that a lot of women don't <laughs> want to talk about. Um, but uh, and that's okay and, and we know it's not for everybody but we're here to create a safe space for women to talk about that stuff too. So I love that I love that mission. Uh, so for you. Stacy, along this journey and um, through creating these communities, what would you say is like your number one asset or your, or your, what is the one thing that you would say has made you a success in creating these uh, communities and allowing people to find their tribes? Hmm. I am going to say that's a good question. And I don't, it's funny. I don't really think of myself like that. Like, I don't think of myself as somebody special or a success or anything like that. Number one, I would say be you, be authentic. My mom taught me at a very young age to be unique and don't be afraid to just be yourself. And so for me, I like to have fun. I like to be professional. I like to set a high standard for myself and people around me. And that is who I am. Like, I, um, I love, love, love helping other people in their journeys and small business and watching them grow. And at the same time, I want to have fun, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think as you're finding your tribe or building a tribe, be authentic to who you are. If you're like into stuffiness, that's cool. Be stuffy all you want. Just own it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, And don't try to be something that you're not. I have shared all along that I don't have all the answers. Like I don't, um, I don't tell people that I'm some guru or share with people. If I don't know something, I'm going to be the first person to say, you know what? I don't know, but you should go talk to X, Y, and Z or that person over there. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to help someone else get answers to their questions, even if you don't know the answers yourself, you know? Right. Yeah. I call myself like a curator of information. Mm-hmm. So I'm not claiming that I came up with these brilliant concepts, but when I read about or think about the cash flow quadrant that's, that Robert Kiyosaki created, let's talk about that and apply that to our situations, right? Like right. it's just about how can I, you had called it being a conduit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I, what I want to do too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that too, Stacey. And I think that that is very important, especially along this journey. And, and I think, like you said, but just empowering women to have a space to, to be able to do that. Right. And, and talk through that. Um, okay. So let's, I, we got, I have two more questions for you because we want to be respectful of your time. But um, one thing, again, like we do like to talk numbers. Uh, so what, if you feel comfortable, what was your like goal monthly income that you wanted to get to through this business and your wealth building strategy? Um, have you reached it? And at what point along this journey did you feel successful? So when I, when I started in the short-term rental space, again, we were originally looking at it just as another real estate investment asset class. You know, we, I didn't have any original intent in shifting necessarily wholly short-term rental space when we started. I knew when I started in short-term rentals, I wanted to get out of my corporate job and I was making $160,000 a year and that's what I was looking to replace. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know again, before I bought my first short-term rental, if STRs were going to be my exit strategy right. or my golden ticket out of corporate, but I sure wanted it to be. <laughs> and again, when I found it and I dove in, I was like, OMG, like, I love this. Like, this is so fun. Okay. I love it. So originally I was looking to replace my $160,000 annual income with the profits from my short-term rental portfolio. So I was able to do that in about 18 months time. Um, amazing. First of all. Yeah. Amazing. Keep going, yeah. But we just need to Congratulations. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, And then for the, you know, the next part of our journey, I don't remember the second part of the question, Allie, but for the next part of our journey, it's okay, then how are we replacing my husband's six-figure income, you know? Um, And so again, this land development project will be something that he is actively managing and involved in, um, and in his golden ticket, if you will, out of the corporate world. Now, I'm going to say this. With golden tickets come a lot of effort and learning. And it's not like, you know, rainbows and fairy dust. You know, it it is hard work. Um, but the rewards, the financial war- rewards are certainly there. Um, 
I will say that I don't, again, just, I don't necessarily really consider myself a success. I think for me, I'm all about continuous improvement. And I think we talked about this earlier is when you hit the, for in my own way that I look at this is, okay, so I'm on, on this plateau and I want to get up here now. All right. And I'm, I'm saying this on an audio podcast. What am I doing? Um, okay. So you're at one level and you want to get to the next level. All right. So what's my path to get to that next level? And then once I'm at that next level, I don't just stay there. Right. Okay. So I look at the next level. What's my path to get there? So it's a continuous improvement mindset versus, okay, I've arrived. I don't ever think I've arrived. Yeah. I love that answer, Stacey. And I think that that is one of the values in getting in the room with a community and a tribe is because you continuously need someone that is uh, at a different elevation than you are to get you to that next step. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And to push you there. So I love that. Carrie, yeah. do you want to ask her our last question that sure, we ask everybody? Absolutely. So our last question is, um, what is the most exciting thing that you've done on your investing journey? Like as you reflect on it. Um, this is probably a little bit of an out of the ordinary answer, but probably one of the most exciting things that I've done is helped someone else. And, you know, like that gets me emotional because I never set out again when we started our our short-term rental journey like we were just looking for a real estate investment and the most rewarding things to me has been helping other people mm-hmm. live their dreams and you know it it um it's an awesome thing to be able to impact someone else's life and I'm so grateful for that and there's no real estate investment that can make you feel that way. You know, helping other people is really amazing. Right. I, I love that question. When you think about a, sorry, when you think about a tribe, like I think of it, um, like you said, Ali is like, am I in a room with people who are at a, a, a higher level than me so I can learn from them? But am I also helping the people who might be just starting out come along, you know, and, and what can I share with them? Can it trickle mm-hmm. down? And then who is a peer to me? Who's along the same, who's, who's at the same place where I can be shoulder to shoulder with them. And um, so I think having all three is so important in a tribe. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that, that does bring up a, a good point because again, you know, you're, that's a really good point, Carrie, your tribe has to, or should be, you know, people at all different levels, you know, above you, shoulder to shoulder, and look for opportunities to pay it forward for people who are just starting out on their journeys. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times, I think folks forget that, you know, they can help, even if they're just starting, they can help someone who is just starting today. Um, so look for those opportunities. Yeah, I I, can, I just want to say, Stacey, that I love your answer. And I don't think it's unconventional at all. Because uh, my husband and I were talking the other day. And that is I told him like, my biggest success, like, how, how do I know that I'm successful is because I've created success for others. It's not even based off of me. It's a based off of what I've been able to help create for other people. Because like our team, you know, just like real briefly, like two of our VAs who didn't have an opportunity 
before now have an opportunity. And one of them has bought a house and another one is about to buy a house. Like that is amazing. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. it is no longer about the success that I can create for myself. It is about the success I'm able to create for other people. Mm -hmm. And I, so I love that answer. I would never say that that is unconventional at all okay. because, uh, it is beautiful. And that is the most beautiful thing I think that's come out of my journey as well. So kudos, kudos to you and, and great answer. Uh, I have a well, silly question for you, Stacey. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm sure when your son didn't move into that condo, you wanted to like choke him. <laughs> uh, did you, did you ever go back and thank him for getting you into real estate investing? You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because I have thought about that several times when I have shared, you know, our journey on podcasts like this. I don't know if I've ever said that to him. Um, and so I think maybe I should do that. I think I should do that. Um, so he probably, he probably needs a little card, you know, <laughs> little, little thank you card for that. <laughs> That's right. Little card, little card. Just a little card. It's fine. It just reminded me of, um, you know, looking for the seed of equivalent benefit in a negative mm -hmm. thing that happens, right? And, yep. and I, I will say with the number of negative things we all experience in our lives, it's so important to find like, what's the good here, right? So Amen. for you, that's awesome. Well, Stacey, we have enjoyed this. We thank you uh, for coming on today and you're such an inspiration to all of us. And could you just tell our uh, listeners uh, where they can follow you at? Sure. So probably the best place to find me is on my website, which is stacystjohn.com. From there, you can get to my Facebook group, to my Instagram, reach out to me personally. Um, but my name is spelled S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-T-J-O-H-N.com. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate you, Stacey, and, and we've enjoyed you being here. Thank you so much. Yes,